Fantastic. How many people have your Bibles with you this morning? Yeah. Everyone got their Bibles? Great. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We have one here for you. It'll come up on the screen very, very soon. Hey. Wonderful. How many people uh, can sense what God's doing in this place right now? Um, I think if you, if you go back and just, if, if you start to listen to what God's been, com- uh, what God has been, you're out there on there. <laughs> Got you, buddy. If you listen to, uh, uh, back over the last few weeks, over the last couple of months, about what God has been saying, um, uh, you can't help but, uh, but, but understand that God is actually speaking to his church right now. And uh, there's a lot of messages that have been coming off this uh, across the pulpit here, and uh, that God is, trying to, uh, God is trying to wake us up. God is trying to do something in our life. If, you, if we look back at, uh, at uh, what Jeff Jensen talked about, he said, uh, uh, as a church that we've come to the top of our ladder, and uh, for us to go further, then things must change. There's got to be a, a change takes pla- take, that will take, must take place for us to go further uh, as a church, I mean, God has got many plans for us as a church, for your life and for mine, and uh, I don't believe for one minute that we, are, we have yet seen the fullness of that. God has got so much more for you and I. God has got so much more for Bay City Outreach Centre. But what has got us to this point will not take us any further. What has got us to this place in our lives, what has got us in this place as a church, will not take us to the place that we need to go or where God has called us to go to. Amen? So something must change. The question that is on a lot of our minds is, What's it going to take for us to go further? What is it that is holding us back? What is it going to take for us to go into, the, uh, into what God has planned for, for us as individuals and us as a church? We also heard uh, uh, Pastor Mike also preach a message about enlarging the place of our tent. Uh, he, he talked about let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Doug also preached last Sunday about, along the same message, uh, enlargement, uh, enlarging the place of our tent. But the question we're going to ask this morning is... Exactly. How does that how does that look in my life? And one of the questions I've been asking uh, myself is: uh, Yes, I understand, Lord, that I've, I've I've gone as far as I can go. I understand that changes need to take place. But what changes? What are the changes that needs to need to take place? What will it take for you and I to go further beyond what we've ever been before? What's it going to take? What does it mean for 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 you and I to have our our, our, our curtains enlarged? What does it mean for when uh, people Stretch out the curtains of our the, the, the curtains of our dwellings, and uh, we all love that in theory. But actually, when it uh, when it becomes a reality in our life, it can come very very difficult. And uh, most of the time, we start to squirm. And I believe that right now, God is uh, causing us to grow. God has got us in a position where we can either react and, and we can stay as we are, or we can respond and move on to uh, to greater, more powerful things. And uh, I don't believe for one minute we have yet seen what God has got planned for our lives. I believe that there are, uh, there are revivalists sitting in our, in our community right now. There are revivalists sitting in our church right now. There are uh, uh, future business people sitting in our place right now. There are businesses that can go even further beyond what you can even ask or even imagine. But something has to change. So what's going to have to change? And so I've been looking and, and starting to examine my own life and, and looking at the parts of, uh, of me that need, to, that need to change and what need to, to go forward. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, let's look at Acts, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It's an incredible story um, that I believe that God has been speaking to me about. And uh, as we look at this, I believe that God will challenge you as well. And uh, this is one of my favorite pieces of Scripture. I, I preached it in, in a church in Indonesia last, uh, earlier on in the year. But I believe that God has uh, wanted to speak to us powerfully through this again. 
And, and the story is about a layman. And the verse says in, in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple in the hour of prayer. They went up to the temple in the hour of prayer. It was time to pray. There was, a, there was a time to come and seek the face of God. There was a time to come into the presence of God. There was a time to come into the temple uh, to start to pray and to seek the, house, uh, and seek the face of God. I can, I can tell you today, friends, the word time means just that. It means time. And I can tell you right now that we are in a time that we need to come and come into a place of prayer. We're in a time right now where uh, God is wanting to do something powerfully in our lives. I mean, we look back all through the different messages that have come across. And we've got to understand that God is trying to speak to us. We've got to understand, I mean, most of us can tell the time by looking at the clock, but we don't understand that the time and, the, and, and that we are living in, in the Spirit, we don't under, often understand that the time uh, that God is trying to do something. It is time in our lives right now that we will either go forward or we will either go back. We will either go forward or we will, we, we will stay as we are. And uh, so I encourage you to understand the time that we are living in. Understand the time. Understand the season in your life. Understand the season in your business. Understand the time where you're at right now. And we are in a time where we need to come into the presence of God. We are in a time where we need to start to pray and start to allow his presence to come upon our lives. And it says here in verse 2 that there was a certain man who was lame from his mother's birth. He was lame. He couldn't walk. The Bible says that every day they would bring him to the gate of the temple. Every day they would leave him there, and uh, he would lie there and start to beg for money. And basically, he's, he, he's a lame man. He can't walk. He's, he's got no strength in his leg. He, uh, he can do a lot of things, but one thing he can't do is actually walk. One of the, and if you lose the strength in your legs, you're, you're, you're lame. You can't, you can't work. You, you lose. Uh, uh, there's so much of your life that you lose. And so every day he gets brought to this place where uh, he's left to beg off other people's overflow. Instead of going into the temple, instead of um, being able to work and be able to get his own income and be able to walk and be the man that God has called him to be, uh, he's consistently, day after day, year after year, getting carried every day to a place where he's living off somebody else's overflow. That's what beggars do. They, they, if they don't have the capacity to, to earn for themselves, they, they get put into a place where they have to beg. And uh, you go to third world countries, and I mean, even here to a certain extent that we see so many people, they, they live, in, in one sense or another, they live off people's overflow. Many people, are, uh, they may not be physically lame, but actually something inside of them is lame, and to a certain extent, they live off somebody's, somebody else's overflow. To a certain extent, most of us get carried to a point in our lives and get left there. Most of us get carried by somebody else to a specific place in our life and and we go no further. We, we get to a certain point, and we, we can't go any further. We get to a place, and we, just like the, the, uh, the word came the other day, what got us here is not going to take us there. What got us here will not take us there. All of us, to a certain extent, will be in that same position. What got you here will not necessarily take you there. Something has got to change. And I, don't, I look around today, and I don't see many uh, physically lame people, but all of us, to a certain extent, have a, a, an element of spiritual lameness around our life. All of us, to a certain extent, need a fresh impartation of strength upon our lives. What got you here will not take you there. So the question we must ask is, what has got to change? What is it in our, in our, in our lives? What is it in our church? What is it in your business that must change in order for you to go from here to there? It's all very well to talk pie in the sky stuff, but we've got to get it actually uh, in our face and identify what it is that needs to change. 
if we, don't, if we cannot identify what it is that needs to change, we will not go forward. We will stay year after year in this place, 600 people in the church. We will not go forward. Your marriage will not go forward. Your business will not go forward. Your relationships will not go forward. Ten years' time, you'll still be talking about the same things. If you're in a place like that, then you're spiritually lame. There's something around your life that has taken the strength. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So this man, he was called... uh, Every day he was taken to this gate called beautiful. Now the word beautiful means, it comes from the same word as the word hour. It means, also means time. The, um, the word time actually means horios uh, uh, or something like that. But, but the word beautiful is also comes from the same meaning. So the word hour means time. The word beautiful means the, the right time. The word beautiful means it's come to a place where it's flourishing. It's come to a place where, uh, where it's fulfilling its purpose in life. See, this gate he's talking about, it was called the Corinthian Gate. It was the main entrance near Solomon's, temp, uh, Solomon's porch. It was the main entrance where you come into the temple. It was, it was the most beautiful. There was lots of gates that would come into the temple, but, but this particular gate, the beautiful gate it, as it was known, was the most beautiful of all the, ga- all, all the gates. It was larger. It was, it was covered with flowers. It was, it was coated with Corinthian brass. It, not only was it the largest gate, but it was the most expensive gate. And it was known as the beautiful gate because it was a, it symbols, I believe, in a, 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 a place in our lives where we, we come to a place of fulfilling our purpose. We come to a place where we, uh, where we're created to what we're born for. But for most of us, for many people, they come to that place, they get carried to a place of discovering their purpose, but they never actually walk through that gate. And you think about the layman that every day, uh, on a regular basis, he gets carried to this place, and he gets laid outside the gate. Now, one thing he can, some things he can do. He could, he could prophesy if he wanted to. He could speak. He could dream. He could see. He could, there were a lot of things that he could do, but he could never carry himself through that gate. See, that gate was also a gate of great price for you to discover and to start to walk into the plans that you were created to, uh, by God to walk in. It comes at a price, my friends. It's a beautiful thing when your life starts to flourish. It's an incredible thing where you all of a sudden start to discover what you were born for, when you start to walk in what God has planned for your life. But like sadly, uh, for most of us, we come to that place and we, uh, we either balk at the price or we don't have the strength to carry ourselves through there. As a church, we've been going for a number of years now, but I believe that uh, we've been carried to a time for such a time as this. I believe it's our time right now that we've, we've been carried to the gate and it's, a, it, 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 it's time for us to walk through into the purpose that we have. For many of you as individuals, you've been carried to a place, uh, to a time such as this. For, my, for me and my own self, I know that for many years I've been carried to a place such a time as this, but now it is the hour of prayer. Now is the time for you and I to come through that gate. Now is the time for you and I to stand up and be the men and women that God has called us to be. Now is the time for you and I to stand up as the body of Christ and to walk through that gate of, uh, of great price, to walk through that incredible um, and, and, and start to fulfill God's plan and our purpose, his purpose for our lives. But the problem is a lot of us get carried to that gate and never actually go through there. If you look at the word, um, uh, and so what happens is he's, he, get, he gets carried to a place where he's, he's living off consistently off other people's overflow. I mean, it's good to... Uh, 
I mean, it's good to, to feed off other people, but unless we grow up on the inside, uh, we will continue to stay in that place and we will never grow. See, what happens is this man, as he was laid by the gate, he could see through the gate. He could see the people that would walk through this gate and, and, and enter into the temple. He could see them walk through, but he could not enter in himself. And so for many of us as people, we observe the, uh, our, our, our friends and family, we, we observe many people around us, and uh, maybe in this church or another church or in different parts of the community, that we see them walk into the, uh, to the purpose, we see them um, start to do incredible things, but something inside of us breaks because we don't have the strength to walk through there ourselves. See, this guy, he could dream a lot. M- many of us have the capacity to dream. But do we have the capacity, the strength, to be able to walk that dream out? God has placed many dreams inside many people here today. But they'll stay dreams unless we have the strength to walk them out. Many of us have been dreaming for years. (laughs) Still dreaming. Dreaming is great, but they only stay dreams until you get legs on them. And if those legs are lame, (laughs) you're just going to keep dreaming. We can talk, we can... We can, we can shout out great revelations, but that's all good. But unless we have the strength in our legs to walk those revelations out, that's all they're going to say. It's just words. And for me, I'm tired of just talking about stuff. I'm tired about just dreaming about stuff. I want God to, to, I want to address the issues in my life that are keeping me weak. I want to address the issues in my life that are, that, that are stopping me from walking through into the plans that, that God has for my life. So he gets carried there. What does it mean to be lame? The Bible says that he was, he was without strength. He was, he was lame from his mother's birth. In other words, it wasn't something that was taken from him. I mean, there's, there's lots of different things that can make us lame. But in this particular case, he was lame from his mother's birth. When he was, and saying that there was something in his life that was undeveloped. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't something that somebody did that took, it, that, took a, uh, that took that capacity away. It was something that never actually developed inside of his life that kept him lame. When you talk about somebody being lame, uh, they, they have no strength in their legs. But with this guy's case, he had no strength in his ankles. He had no strength in his feet. He could not hold his body up. He could dream. He could talk. He could do all that sort of stuff, but he could not carry it through. One thing he could not do was walk. Now, what does this mean to us? What does it mean? How can you identify somebody who is lame? How can you identify uh, lameness in a person? When you talk about lame, uh, somebody who's lame, they cannot walk. What does it mean to walk? Because the Bible talks about, you know, we must learn to walk in the, um, uh, let us walk in the Spirit, let us uh, walk with the Spirit. He leads me beside still waters. Walking is is, is a part of our life, but what does walking actually mean? Walking is basically this. It's taking one step in front of another. As you take one step, you take another step. And as you start to take those steps, you start to lead in a direction. What are those, what are those, what are those um, steps represent, represent us? They represent the decisions that you and I make. Every one of us today will face choices in our finances. We have decisions that we make in our relationships. We have decisions that we make in our job. Life is full of decisions. And those decisions that we make will lead our life somewhere. They will lead your life somewhere. But if you do not have the capacity to make those decisions and to be able to walk and to be able to walk those decisions out, you will be lame. And um, so here we have a man that was, he was, without, he was without strength. He could talk, he could dream, he could do all these things. But one thing he could not do was walk. 
He could not walk the dream out. He could not walk the, the purpose out. So here we have this, uh, this man, he is lame. And for many of us, to a certain extent, are lame in a particular part of our life. We are without strength. It's not something, for, for some people, it's, it's, uh, it, maybe it's something happened in your life that has taken the strength. But for many people, it is something that has never quite been developed in our life. When we're talking about being lame in this particular context, we're talking about, I believe, uh, an issue of spiritual maturity. This spiritual maturity has got nothing to do with how long you've been a Christian for. It's something that gets developed inside of our life. And so we see here, uh, where was the strength? It wasn't taken, but it was, it was never developed. What keeps us lame? What is it that, I believe one of the main things that keeps us lame is lack of spiritual maturity, a lack of just growing up. The Bible says in, in 1, Corinthians chapter, uh, 1, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul is talking about uh, growing in maturity. God is, Paul is talking to the church about learning to stand up and, and bringing order into the church and, 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 and encouraging different Christians to, to stand up and to be the people that they're called to be. In verse 11 of, of 1 Corinthians 13, it says, When I was a child, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. When I was a child, I, I, I thought like a child. I, I reasoned like a child. When I was a child, I understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I can tell you today, uh, when, you, when, you, when, you look at, um, when you look at our lives today, all of us, most of us physically are adults. And every grown up, you've got whiskers and things like that. But for many of us inside, for many of us inside, the areas of our soul, the areas of our lives which determine the direction of our life are still quite immature. What is it, I mean, when you think about, I, mean, I was just thinking about, what, is it, what does it look like to, to be immature? What is it, how does this manifest in our life? And I was, how many people got kids in their families? How many people got kids who got teenagers? Yeah. As a parent, one of the things that you do expect for your kids is that they do not remain kids. If you're a parent, you've got kids, one of the things that you do is you expect them, you have it in your heart that they would grow up and become men or women in their own right and live a life in their own right. As a parent, how do you feel if your kid uh, starts to grow taller and starts to develop, but actually never grows up as, as the man or the woman that they're called to be? It's not good. <laughs> and it's not good. And it's, when, you, when you look at a child, the, the potential that lies within a child is phenomenal. But the Bible says that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. For the potential to be released inside of a child, um, there has to be a training. There has to be a, 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 a removing of the foolishness and a development. And the thing is, is in our own lives as Christians, if there is not a, 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 a pushing away of childish things, if there is not a maturing, if there is not a strength that is developed in our lives, it doesn't matter how long we've professed to be a Christian, you will still not walk in the potential that God has for your life. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> how do you? I mean, I've been around church long enough, and I, I, I deal with a lot of people. And, and some of the talk that I hear out of people's lives, and some of the things I see people struggling with, it's, it's very, very similar to what we experience in the preschool. Uh, it's, it's very, very similar to what happens in, 
It's a different scenario, but when you think about it, the word, the maturity, is still the same. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I was at my daughter's school the other day, and, um, and this little boy came up to me. He didn't say hello, to anything like that. All he told me was, uh, my uncle's a policeman. <laughs> my uncle's a policeman. And all of a sudden, he, he, like his talk was childish. His talk was, was quite futile. He was, if, if you think about how a child speaks, it's, it's quite often they're blaming other people. They're trying to compare one with another. And uh, I remember as a kid growing up, it's like, my dad's better than your dad, or, or my, my dad can beat your dad up, or my mum's this, or my dad's that, or, or that. And, and, and if you think about it, it's, it's childish talk. As a, as a mature adult, when you look at the way children speak, you hear, you understand, that's childish thinking. Why? Because there's a part of you that has grown up and matured. And you can understand, you can see it, think, it's just silly talk. My dad's bigger than your dad. But when you think about it, a lot of Christians, I mean, I've been to pastor's meetings, and the talk that goes on there uh, is very, very similar. Uh, my church is bigger than your church, or my group's bigger than your church. Or, as, uh, these people are people that have been Christians for a long time, and and supposedly mature, but actually their, their talk is quite childish. They're still just comparing mine's bigger than yours. My car's bigger than your car. Look at the toys that I have. You haven't got these toys. To a certain extent, they haven't grown up. They, they may have grown whiskers and, and, and this and that. The only thing that's changed is just the price of the toys. The talk is still the same. What is the problem? They're still, even though they may have uh, the, the flash car, the flash boat, whatever it is, inside there's still a lack of maturity. They have, actually haven't grown up. They're still talking like a child. And it says here, um, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. Uh, you think about, about children, whenever you, you confront a child, one of the first things they'll do is they'll start to complain and grizzle. Or they'll start to blame this, or blame the other person, or blame that, or it wasn't me. Another thing children do, they start to tell tales. You think about it. Think about it in your own life now. How, how often do we get to a point where, where if we get adjusted, as, like when you as, as a parent, you adjust the child and they grizzle, how often when we in the church maybe get adjusted by God or get adjusted in a certain area of your life, what is the, what is the response or the reaction that comes out of our life? What, what are the words that come out? That, that, that will give you a very good indication of whether you're still, a ba- still an infant or whether you have actually grown into a level of maturity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very, very good indication. And another one here, um, another thing that, that children do is they have a lot of tantrums. They can't get their own way. They'll start to stamp their feet and have a tantrum and start to grizzle and complain. How often we are, as apparently adults or, or mature Christians, that we, if we can't get our own way, that we start stamping our feet and grizzling about this and grizzling about that. And it's an indication that we actually haven't yet grown. We're lame in that part of our life. Another, part, another one he says here that uh, when, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. Their understanding of concepts, their reasoning is quite childish. When you, when you think about it, uh, you see how a child uh, thinks and how they reason things out. Uh, their, their concepts, their, the way they grasp concepts is very, very limited. They, they're unable to, uh, the decisions that they make, their, their beliefs in their heart, uh, they're quite limited. Now you see that also in the, often in the church today and in many people's lives where our, our reasoning or our understanding of concepts or ideas is quite 
uh, is quite immature. Our belief systems can keep us into a place of completely immaturity. Uh, one of the things that we teach in the, in the, in the preschool is the, uh, is the con- is, is consequences, good choices or bad choices. Was that a good choice or a bad choice? They start to learn and understand the, the, the consequences of their choices and their reasoning and their thinking behind it. Now, often for many people, us as Christians, what is it that one of the things that keep us lame is a lack of understanding or lack of maturity in our understanding of things. We don't often think about the consequences of our decisions. We don't often think about the consequences of the choices that we make because every choice has a, has a result. Whether, that's a good cho- whether it's a good choice or it's a bad choice, it will have a consequence. Many of us as Christians, we don't think about what we're doing. We don't think about the consequences that lie ahead. When we don't think about what we're doing or think about the choices that we're making, uh, that will bring a lameness into your life. That will, take, that will take the power out of your life. You think about children also, their, their, thinking, their, their thinking about life is quite limited. Most children, when you talk to them, they can't think past the end of today, let alone next week. For many of us as Christians, um, our concepts or our thinking get, co- get so caught up with just today or tomorrow and that we, all that happens is that we, our, our focus or our vision is so short. It's only, it's about what can get me by the today or what can get me by tomorrow. There's no long-term planning. You look at, cho- you look at children, they're, they're focused. I, I have not yet seen a child whose vision or whose focus is, is for years to come. It's, it's, it's always very, very, very short. And for us as Christians, and, and it limits the way a, a child lives. For us as Christians, we are called to have an eternal focus in our life. Most of the decisions that we make, uh, most of the, our behaviors or the, or the goals that we're reaching for, uh, most of them are short-term. If they are short-term, if they are not eternal, uh, they are short, they are childish thinking. As a mature Christian, for you and I to have strength in our life, we must be thinking long-term. We must have a, an eternal perspective for your life. If we do not have an eternal perspective for what we do and for who we are, it'll bring a lameness. It will take the strength of our, of our life. God has called you and I to stand up and be a man and woman that will, will have, a, has, have, have an eternal mindset. Have a, have a mindset that's not just caught up in ourselves, that we have a mindset that actually is, is much larger than ourselves. That is what God has called us to do. If, you're, if we remain in a, in a place of immaturity, it will take our strength. Most of a child's thoughts are very, very shallow, narrow-minded, self-focused, and short-sighted. Their beliefs about the world are quite immature. They're quite foolish. But sadly, when you look in the Christian world, when we look in our own lives and we start to examine our heart, examine our thoughts, examine our, the way we think about things, we will understand, and for many of us, we will discover that it's actually quite short-sighted. When you think about your relationships with your, with your wife or your spouse or your finances or your walk with God or uh, with your business, for many people, it's incredibly short-sighted. And the result of being short-sighted in that is that you will lose your strength. You will not be able to walk into the plans and the purposes that God has for our lives. Simply because there's something inside of us that has never grown up. And uh, 
But you see here, the Bible, Paul says in the Bible, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I believed like a child, I, I, um, I understood like a child. But when I grow up to be a man, I put childish things away. One of the first things we have to do in order to walk through that gate of our purpose, to walk that, through that beautiful gate into the plans and purposes that, that God has for our life, one of the first things we must do is start to put off childish things. We must put off childish speaking. We must put off childish reasoning. We must put off childish thinking. If we keep that around our life, we will not grow into the people that God has called us to be. What things, what childish things are getting a hold of your life? What childish thinking is around your marriage? What childish thinking is around your finances? What childish thinking is around your belief? What areas of childishness need to be put off from your life? Because friends, the Bible says here, Paul says that they don't just fall off. You've actually got to put them off. And as a parent, you'll be encouraging your child to to put those things off. I remember the day where... um, where uh, I first had to pay board. <laughs> How many people remember that? But I tell you, when, when mum, uh, mum and dad first asked me to start paying board, you want to see the reaction inside of me. It's like, how dare you do that? Don't you love me anymore? This is my house. This is my bedroom. <laughs> when you're at school, you could behave like this. When you're at school, you could think like this. But now that you're growing up a little bit, and now that you're working, now that you've got an income, it's time to put some of those childish things away and start to take up some responsibility. The reaction was childish. But something inside of me had to be put off. And different part, in the different stages as we go through life, there are different t- as we grow to each different stage, there'll become a time where you'll have to start to put some stuff off. You'll have to put some thinking off. You'll have to put some behaviors off. You'll have to put some reasonings off. And just in finishing up here, um, the Bible says that, that, that when, when, these, when the lame man saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he looked at them and he said he was expecting to receive something from them. The Bible says he, he, I mean, that was a positive thing. He, he was expectant. One of the first things we've got to do to be able to uh, walk into those plans, we've also got to be expectant that God will change our life. God is willing to to put something into our life. Many people here today, you're expectant. But what he was expecting was this. He was expecting uh, what he thought he needed was not what he actually needed. For many of us, what we think we need to grow into maturity, uh, we don't actually need. For many of us, we think we need somebody to just give us a bit more money or a little bit of this or a little bit of that. But... If Peter and John, if their response was to do this, if his response was to give him a little bit of money, give him what he thought he needed, he would still be lame today. Well, he actually be dead. But he would never, ever regain his strength into his, into his feet. He would still be a lame man for the rest of his life. If you as a parent give your children what you need, what they think that they need, they will never, ever grow into the man and woman that you have in your heart that they could become. It's the same with God. If we give everyone what they think they, that they need, you'll never ever walk into your plans and, and, and into the destiny that God has. If I, want, uh, if I come to God and, and God gives me the things that I think I need, I will never be the man that God has called me to be. What I think I need and what I actually need are quite different. First of all, we're gonna take, you've got to take responsibility for where you're at right now. And uh, so, so he fixed his eyes upon Peter and John. G- Peter said to him, look at us. Get your eyes off what's going on around your life. Fit- and he gave him his attention. He fixed his eyes upon you, expecting something to receive. Then Peter said these words, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. 
And the Bible says that he reached out his hand. He says, in Jesus' name, rise up and walk. In Jesus' name, rise up and walk. It's great to be excited about the word of God coming, but Peter did one more thing. He put his hand out and grabbed his heart, grabbed his life. It's very, very excited that we get it. It's great that we can get excited about that, that God wants to do powerful things amongst us, but when the hand of God comes, it's something quite different. It's something quite different. What we need to, for us to regain their strength in our life is for adjustments to take place in our life. We need to have people that will speak in, put their hand on parts of our finances, put their, put their hands on, on the parts of our life that are keeping us lame. Make an adjustment there and you'll reverse. And the Bible says that when Peter reached out his hand and grabbed that man's hand, the Bible says that strength immediately came into his ankles and he stood up leaping and praising God and entered into the temple. Today you and I have a choice. We can either... Carry on walking as we are, uh, living the life that we are living right now, never entering, never quite entering what God has planned for our life. At the gate, but never quite entering. But if we allow our God, if we allow our mindsets to be changed, if we allow people to start to speak and start to shape our lives, allow people to put their hands upon our lives, I tell you what, there'll become a power start to come into your life. For some of you struggling with your finances, it's all very well to pray for God that God will release money into your life. But what you actually need is somebody to get into your books and start to adjust your behavior. For some of you got marriage problems. God's got a plan and a destiny for your marriage. It's all great to be able to pray that God will do this and that and the other thing. But what you actually need is to, is to confront some home truths about your behavior in there. <laughs> it's all very well good to, to dream about what God can do in the future. But what we need is somebody to adjust our life now. What will determine, what will show whether we are lame or immature is how we respond to that. So when somebody comes and starts to speak into your life, observe your reaction. Are you going to react and behave like a kid? Or will you reach out and respond and be drawn to your feet and walk in to the plans and purposes that God has for your life? It will cost you something. The choice is yours, the choice is mine. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Just close your eyes right now. We're just about to finish. I want to ask you this question. I'm not going to take an older call or anything like that. But I want you to just to take a good hard look at your own life right now. Look at your marriage. Look at your finances. Look at your relationships. Look at your relationship with God. Look at your, uh, look at yourself, your, your, your identity as a person. Look at every part of your life. Are there parts inside of there that are lame? Are there parts inside of there that are just plain immature? Never quite been developed. Some, maybe you've just been avoiding it. Maybe you've been reacting. Make a decision today. Make a decision today that you will allow a hand of God to come and start to bring adjustment into those areas. Allow somebody to come in and adjust your finances. Allow somebody to come in and adjust your attitude. Allow somebody to speak and adjust your life. One of the things that has helped me is allowing people to speak into my life and shape me. Why don't you do that as well? As you start to grow as a, a, a maturity, start to grow in this area, not reacting and behaving like little kids. As you start to grow up and be the man and woman that God has called you to be, you will start to walk through that gate.
How many people today recognize a part in their life that they need to grow up in? Maybe it's in your finances, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's just in yourself. Everyone somewhere in this place will have an area that they need to grow up in. Make the decision today, make it every day that you will stand up and you'll respond and not react like a child. Let's grow up as, as, as mature Christians. Let's stand up and we'll start to walk in the plans that God has for our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Why don't you stand to their feet and give your Lord a shout of praise? Hallelujah, Jesus. time. You've come to this place now and it's time. What got us here will not take us there. What will take us there is you and I standing up, facing what needs to be faced, starting to grow up, becoming the man and woman that God has called us to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's finish with the song.